Hey, Jen. Yeah? So this game that we played tonight, the Nuclear War card game, you know you can actually uh, end up with no winner? Because uh, yeah? It, yeah, it follows the rules of actual nuclear war, so there can sometimes be no winner. Mm-hmm. But uh, normally when that happens when I play a game, it's because I've knocked over the board because I'm losing. Tim, I think you're being super critical. Ah. Welcome to another episode of the Super Critical Podcast, where we delve into the fun and oftentimes nonsensical way pop culture and nuclear weapons interact. As always, you can listen to our show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube. We're also on Twitter, at Nuclear Podcast, and Facebook. So if you enjoyed today's episode, uh, please take some time to go on iTunes and write a review. For some reason, that helps us grow the audience and makes the show a little higher on their algorithm. I'm Tim Westmeyer. Someone who studies and works on nuclear weapons uh, for a living, or nuclear policy for a living. But I'm also that annoying friend who sometimes hijacks a casual and lighthearted board game night to talk about nuclear war, which is exactly what I did today. In our continuing tradition of overthinking nuclear pop culture, I've assembled a competitive team of uh, board gamers here around my kitchen table to play a 1965 board game, Nuclear War. Joel is for some reason been on travel with work and something like that the entire month. So he'll be around for the next episode, hopefully. Instead, I'm joined by several of my good friends, uh, which I'll let kind of go around the room to introduce each other. We'll start here on my right. Jill. I'm Christina. Kevin. Kate. I'm Tim's wife, Jen. Ah, the wife has finally made it on the podcast, uh, which I'm glad we have this team together. These are a good group of, of gamers and I'm looking forward to talking about this game. So the Nuclear War card game was released for widespread uh, purchase in 1965. As the box art tells us, the game is award-winning, fast-paced, and often everyone loses. It's a satirical take on all-out nuclear war fought by countries in between rounds of propaganda campaigns. Created by uh, Douglas Malwicky, an aerospace engineer and inventor in the 1960s, and later published by Rick Loomis, who formed a uh, board game company called Flying Buffalo, based out in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, last, oh, Scottsdale. Um, but last year, the game actually celebrated its 50th anniversary, and it was a Kickstarter to relaunch the game and put it back in print, and that's the version that we'll be playing today. Seems like it was pretty popular at the time. It won the Origins uh, Award Hall of Fame in, in 1998 as one of the best games of uh, card games as all t- of all time. Actually, it was so good as a card game, it got into the board game Hall of Fame. And in 1999, Pyramid Magazine said it was one of the Millennium's best card games. And on Board Game Geek, a good website I recommend to everybody that kind of rates board games, it gets a 6.2 out of 10, which is not too bad, better than average. There's also a couple expansion packs. So we're playing with one of those today. It's called Nuclear Escalation. And that particular one, surprisingly enough, was the subject of a controversy in, in the UK. So in the 1980s, when this one came out, two MPs of the UK Labour Party called the game a nasty twist on the toy industry and called for a ban relating to the game in terms of its import. In response, the game's manufacturer said, the game is intended to be humorous. The subject is so serious that you have to laugh about it because otherwise you'd cry. It's an intense one. So that's a... Uh, I think that's the, what we're going to go for for today. And it's actually fun. We'll talk about uh, this later in the discussion part. But the website for the game recommends ways you can combine this with other games like Risk and Ticket to Ride and Settles of Catan. 
Hmm? Drinking. Drinking. All of these things are encouraged. You can combine those different stuff. And so I, we're playing with the, the nuclear escalation um, expansion pack, but there's also one called Nuclear Proliferation and WMD, which I'm putting on my Christmas list, Jennifer, <laughs> uh, for, the, for the future. All right, let's, let's play. The overarching, overarching question I want to have here is, does having a background in nuclear strategy and war planning and things like that, does that help you win this game? I'm guessing not, but let's, let's find out. I've asked everybody ahead of time to come up with some uh, country names because everyone represents a country that you can play for so that we can make this a little uh, more competitive. I, for example, will be, or will be representing the Great Republic of Mordor, and our, our nuclear force is one of our proudest uh, national assets. Jennifer, what is your country name? Um, I will be playing for Tortle, the um, fantasy land of the books by Tamara Pierce. Excellent. Well, look, I'm looking forward to blowing you up. <laughs> Kate, who are you playing for today? I'm going to be playing for the city that's now as large as a country, Kate Mandu. <laughs> uh, I shall be representing the uh, sovereign nation of Kevindia, where uh, <laughs> the uh, attitudes are as spicy as the food. <laughs> Already feel like I'm there. <laughs> Christina, who are you playing for today? Um, so I'm going to be playing for Olympus because everyone in my country is as beautiful as the gods and has superpowers and does nothing but drink wine. So sounds like a good place to live. Excellent. And one of the one of the missiles you can use here is a Zeus missile. So there you go. I'm, I'm sure you can just put those right into your hand. Done. All right, your turn, Jill. Canada. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now I'm, now I'm worried. Um, so basic rules of the game. It, it's, it's one of those games that has lots and lots of rules. So I'm only going to go through a couple of them. And we'll play through it as we go. But the goal is to be the last country standing with at least one million population left in your hands. Everyone gets uh, a, set, a random set of population and you can win them from others with peaceful propaganda campaigns or you can nuke everybody. And uh, with a combination of a nuclear warhead card and then a delivery system. Once you do that, you start a war and, ever, and all hell breaks loose. Everyone gets a random amount of population to start with. And you get nine cards that include warheads, delivery systems, anti-missile cards, secret cards, anything you can do to basically steal population away, enhance your arsenal, or cause yourself even some accidental harm. And I'll post some pictures of the different cards on our in the show notes so you can get a sense of what these look like. And there's also cards to spy on your enemy, sabotage their launches, all kinds of fun stuff that we'll discover uh, as we go through and play this. And in terms of a strategy we can all play, there's alliances you can form, you can do deception, you can do diplomacy, and table talk is highly encouraged. Because you need to plan out your next three moves in advance. So be careful about not locking yourself into an action you might regret, like starting a war before you're ready or only being left with propaganda cards that much in real life, propaganda cards are worthless once war uh, starts and the missiles are already flying. You can be a warmonger, wanting to fight everybody, well, until you're targeted uh, by peace-loving people. Or you can be a diplomat that tries to win over people to your side with these propaganda campaigns. You can be a mix of the two, or you can be a Claude that accidentally starts a war without even knowing you were meant to do that, pushing the wrong button. Once war is declared, we fight until someone is eliminated and peace is restored, and then we start all over again. But a warning, when someone is eliminated through force, they are allowed a final retaliation where they can launch all of their missiles and warheads at anyone they want, and this might result in everyone losing their population and there being no winner much like uh, in a global thermonuclear war 
So let's get started. Let's play through and, uh, and get going. So rather than you having to listen to us play a three-hour board game, I decided that we'll cut right now in the podcast to our discussion afterwards. We won't spoil how the game ended, but we can intercut our, our favorite moments, the things we thought maybe when the game turned, some of the cool spots, and we'll interject the actual gameplay into that as opposed to you, again, having to listen to a three-hour board game. That's no fun. So just to help you figure out as we jump around between the discussion and the actual gameplay, I'll have some audio clues. When you hear this sound... Welcome to Nuclear War. That means we are now in the discussion period after the game has already been played. But when you hear this sound... That means we're back in the action during the actual gameplay. So you also will hear this noise... If we're skipping ahead past the boring parts... Hopefully that's not too confusing. You'll figure it out eventually as we get along. And now it's time to enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Nuclear War. The game finished. That's over. I think it's... Jennifer and I have played this before, but it's everyone else's first time for this. Uh, would you play this again? Did you, did you enjoy it? And do you think that this game would be popular if it was released today for the first time? Uh, Kate Mandu, what do you think? I think it was fun. I think it would be a little more exciting if I had drawn some more warheads that kill more people. I felt like I got 10, 10, 20, 10, 20, 10, 20, but then some people were busting out like 50 megatons or something. They should put some more of those in the deck. More obliteration. Now, uh, Kevindia would like to say that... uh, in, in a future game, given this one reference point of play, uh, I would assume that I would bring down the hammer of a thousand Thors and destroy all of you in retaliation of what had befallen me today. Yeah, Kevin, you were very you were a peacenik for much of their first couple of rounds. You got stuck just... Basically, because you were stuck with a, a turn loss and you had all these propaganda cards, you thought everyone would be a lot smoother uh, running before the war got started so quickly. I guess that was your choice, man. You're too much of a peacenik. I had uh, I had no real actionable items, uh, no no aggressively actionable items in play uh, in in my entire first played set of cards, so. Uh, I guess I just didn't realize how ruthless this game was intended to be. I mean, perhaps, I mean, obviously to my own detriment, but, uh, you know, with a game called Nuclear War, with the nuclear escalation uh, expansion, you'd think that I'd have gotten a clue pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Not. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do is to see if anyone has secret cards in their hand. and. This is, I don't feel like this is home court advantage, but whoever owns the game gets to go first. And because I bought this out in Newark, Delaware, a lovely place, um, I have the I have the cards, and it's my turn, but I don't have any secret cards. So I'm going to let uh, go counterclockwise, which is Jennifer, to my left. And being a proud um, Delawarean, I will correct my husband and tell him that it is Newark, Delaware, uh, not Newark. <laughs> go Blue Hens! Um, I have a secret card. Two million of your highly moral little old ladies rebel against your country's military policies and disgustedly drive off in their electric cars to the enemy's country. How dare they? So, two million of my people are defecting to Kate. 
I feel like maybe they should drive those electric cars onto the old Ark, and maybe Noah would be able to uh, transport them pretty effectively, because that's a lot of uh, little old ladies in electric cars. Yeah, hopefully they got the, the, the ramp they need to be able to get up there. So I do have a secret card that says, You have discovered a way to amplify the radiation emitted by your enemy's TV sets. He loses 2 million of his population. I don't know, but this is a television podcast, or movie podcast, I guess. So, Tim, I think you're, you're a party people. Already targeting, already targeting me. How yeah. many is it again? I mean, 2 million. And there are only two he's at the table, so I mean, it was, it was a 50-50 chance of it being one of us. So. That's true. Well, um, hopefully, I don't even watch cable anymore. It's all Netflix and everything, so I don't know how this is affecting my country. We don't have TV sets in Mordor. We just watch volcanoes go off in the distance. And, but, and a burning eye. In Mordor, TV watches you. So, all right. So is that everybody's secret cards? Mm-hmm. Everyone has nine. All right. So now what you do is you put down some cards on your pile. You have three you have to put down, and you then flip over one of them. But you have three cards that are your next moves, so you have to commit to your next couple of, of, uh, of rounds, uh, which is kind of the interesting strategy. That's where this comes in the game. So I'm going to put down a card, and then you have to put down two more. So I put down uh, three cards, and the first card I'm going to flip over is an Atlas Missile card, which can carry uh, one warhead of up to 20 megatons, which I'm signaling to everyone that I... Because the way you fire is you put down a warhead first, and then a missile or a bomber or some sort of delivery system. So I'm indicating to people, at least on my next round, I won't be starting a war. So take that as you will. I'm, I'm, I'm not holding a grudge when you guys take on my population. So now it's now it's moves on to Jennifer's turn. And I am going to turn over a 10 megaton warhead. That could be something. What is Tortal up to? I'm turning over a 20 megaton warhead. The left side of the table is, is warmongerous, maybe. Hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and flip over a 10 megaton warhead. Oh my gosh, war might be starting pretty quickly here. 10, 20, 10. Okay, so I am flipping over a 10 megatons. Okay, so everyone's showing their guns here. Uh, oh, and, and Christina's also done something which is called a deterrent. So she's placed two of her cards like to the side, and it's just shown us that she's got a 50 megaton warhead, which is a big one. And uh, a B-1 bomber there. Uh, so we don't, she doesn't have to use them, but we all know she's got them. I would also like to point out that the picture of a B-1 bomber looks like some sort of weird love child of a fighter jet and a Concorde. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it has that, uh, you know, pointy, downward pointing nose and uh, a couple gonna... missiles strapped on the bottom. So uh, Yeah, I was going to say, it kind of looks like a seagull. Actually, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like somewhere between like a Concorde uh, fighter jet and a seagull. So, <laughs> think so, about that. <laughs> so, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be like that guy that always inter- interjects the in a host of Iron Chef that starts to inter- do interrupt like pointless facts. You know, hey, oh, hold on a second. Here, here's what we got going on here. So, the the B one bomber, the picture there, and and what the B one bomber is in real life. Uh, in 1986, it was when it was first deployed uh, to today. Though it's interesting, it doesn't no longer has a nuclear mission. Not since 1995, they've removed the nuclear arming and uh, fusing hardware. So it still is part of our arsenal today. It was actually flown over North Korea recently to show North Korea that we mean business over there. But it's actually, it's funny enough, it's it's called the Lancer. That's its nickname. But its unofficial nickname is the Bone because it's the B-1. 
B1, B Bone. So that's what it's called by the by the crews that work there. And it's a supersonic variable sweep wing jet powered heavy bomber. So the picture isn't a sweep wing there. So I think they take some liberty with some of these. The sweep wings are like the uh, the the F F14 Tomcat you see in Top Gun. The ones that kind of can. So this must have been part of that 1985 expansion pack because it wasn't there in in 65. A lot of the cards you'll see they have to create new ones as stuff gets aged out or new new missiles and stuff come up. All right, Jennifer, now it's your turn. What's Tortal up to? I'm turning over a Polaris missile. It carries one warhead up to 10 megatons. Jennifer has declared war. Did we didn't play any propaganda cards. We just started here. We got a bunch of warmongers around here. Yes. So Who are you launching at? I'm going to launch it at you. Just you know, you know, you have to live with me after all this. Peace-loving people of Mordor, just, uh, just totally. Catch a break. All right. Well, so the way you, the way it works is once you declare um, attack on someone, you have to roll a sp or spin a spinner, and we don't like the spinner. So we've in the 21st century, we're going to do uh, an app that they have uh, for the game where you push a button. of radioactive gamma rays kills another 10 million. Put them in the dead pile. Now! Ah, Jennifer fired a 10, mil 10 megaton warhead which kills two of my population plus how many is that? 10? So, so 12 I lost 12. 12 of my ugliest people <laughs> are being taken away by your bomb. I don't like these people anyways. Pretty sure they're hobbits. So these 12 go into the population deck. Uh, and now peace is uh, broken by by Jennifer, and war has started. So if anyone has any propaganda cards in their in their piles, they won't work anymore. So now war has started, and war will continue until uh, someone gets eliminated. And hopefully, it's not again the peace loving people of Mordor. I'm turning over an MX missile, which carries one warhead larger than ten megatons. Uh, so we would have war would have started anyways. So I guess mm -hmm. that's the group kind of group that we have here. So Kate played the the dreaded MX missile card, but before that she put twenty megatons down. So that means she gets two rolls because it's basically the MX missile is known as the the peacekeeper missile. Uh, MX is because it meant it was an experimental missile. Um, but so what that does is it's a merved missile, meaning they have multiple warheads on each of those missiles. So what that card does is it takes that twenty megaton thing and actually splits it into two rolls. So that means that you get to roll twice to each of those are separate attacks. So one can mess up and then the other one can work, but it turns each of them into uh, the potential of 2 million people at least being being knocked out of this equation. So why don't you roll twice? All of them are gonna be against Kevindia. Oh, no. <gasps> Someone else needs to be attacked. So this is the first Namaste away from me. Oh. <laughs> no! Oh. <laughs> Already got the malfunction? Okay, so so she rolled the, the, the dreaded skull. So now we roll one more time. One more time. A six. So a six is, you actually, this helps you out. You hit a nuclear power plant in Kevin's country and you do double damage. And their opponent misses one turn on their next turn. <laughs> so double damage for that, I think, is four million. All right, so after she's rolled twice, she's ended up doing 12 million damage 
uh, to Kevin. You are a cold, cold woman. <laughs> well, the MX Missile is a big card in the game. Uh, and I have lost my turn because of the uh, mammoth hit to a nuclear power plant. Yo, you shouldn't have built those nuclear power plants. You know, um, They're big targets. I thought they were safe. You know, they were built to the latest safety regulations. Uh, not MX Missile proof, evidently. Oops. Oh, and Kavindia finally gets to take a real turn. <laughs> the smoke has uh, blown by, and uh, I peek my head out to play my 10 megatons of nothing. Another 10 megatons of nothing, because we peace-loving Kavindian folk. Um, just uh, Non-violence for Kavindia is not working. Yeah, not, not, not so much. Olympus, what we got? I just grabbed a card, and so I played an Atlas Bomber, which can carry one warhead up to 20 megatons. Oh, but you had a me 10 before that, right? Yeah. You okay, so you're launch. using it. Got it. Oh, I so launched launching, it? Yeah. yeah. You're, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, um, I'm launching it at Jen, so. Wow. <laughs> Additional one million are engulfed in the fireball. Oh, extra Ooh. one million. Okay, so I think that means that I get three million of gens. No, they just die. Oh, yeah. You can have the bodies if you want. But oh, no, that's right. As Jennifer's counting up her numbers, I'll, I'll talk about the Atlas Missile for a quick second. This was in service in the U.S. force from 59 to 64, and it was our first operational ICBM, so very, very early on. And you probably have heard of the Atlas stuff for space launching. It was also used in space launch vehicles. It used to be we would... Those were the same. We would work together on a lot of this stuff. It could carry warheads ranging from 1.5 megatons to 3.75 megatons. So right in a little bit bigger in the cards that we have here. Um, but that's just because it's more fun and probably easier to do the math on that. And but the interesting thing about Atlas missiles, because of how early they are in our process, they were actually first stored upright and exposed like on a launch pad like you would do a space shuttle. But turns out that's really vulnerable because anyone can blow them up with a gun or uh, a missile or something like that. So then they moved them later into silos that would rise up from the ground and then launch from there, uh, which were more protected from a... You know, you want to have these missiles so they can survive a first strike, and then you use them later on. Uh, otherwise, anyone can just knock them over. So, uh, yeah, the Atlas are pretty interesting. So I put down an Atlas missile card, another one of those, and that can carry uh, one warhead of up to 20 megatons, and I only have a 10 there, so I'm only going to do that one particular launch, but I'm gonna go after Jennifer for that first thing that she did to me. Mordor has long memories. <laughs> so here we go, launching here. Lethal doses of radioactive gamma rays kills another 10 million. Put them in the dead pile, now! Oh! Those lethal doses of gamma radiation. Uh, all right, so that would be uh, 12. Million. I need some change. Making change of people. <laughs> wow, that's not morbid. <laughs> Jennifer, your turn. I think she's still calculating yeah. her deaths. Oh. Bring out your dead. It was a good one. Bring out your dead. 12 million, right? They're not better yet. <laughs> still not good. And I am launching a Polaris missile, which carries one warhead with up to 10 megatons. And Who would you possibly consider I, launching I'm that against? I'm going to launch this against you. 
bomb shelters save two million. I'm, I knew that was a good investment. We have all those caves in Mordor. It was really worth putting them in there. So what is that? It was two million? So, so zero. I don't think it killed anybody. No. All right. Zero. Those those were good shelters there. And if you want to learn more about Fallout shelters, you listen to our last mini nuke episode when we covered the movie Blast from the Past. With oh, good Frazier. stuff. So we talked about bomb shelters that I actually got to, when I was in California, I went inside a, a an old bomb shelter in the Ben's backyard. Go check that episode out if you want to learn more, more about bomb shelters. But I just learned how effective bomb shelters are. I'm going to flip over a B-70 bomber. Oh. Carries any combination of warheads up to 50 megatons. Okay, so the bombers in this game, I think, get to go three times, and they can carry up to a certain amount. So you get to fly around on each of your next turns and hit anyone who you want. So your first one, who are you going to hit with, uh, what is it again? Uh, 10, 10 megatons. 10 megaton, okay. So destroys 2 million. I am going to... Stay the course, as they say. <laughs> and launch against Kev India. Just because we came here together doesn't mean I need to leave in a body bag. <laughs> Absolutely nothing happened in sector 82 by 8 by 11 today. Spin again. Spin again. Oh! All right. So just get a spin again. It's... That's as if it was like on the line. All right. Come on. Get ready. Now you're just teasing me. Radioactive fallout kills another two million. Oh, so that's four million? Four million. Kevindia, what are you going to do now? Uh, well, you know, um, so there was that 10 megatons before, and again, I just was kind of. Playing the uh, playing the why can't we be friends card and uh, <laughs> boom I am not attacking I am going to um, stay the peaceful course. <laughs> I'm not sure she wants to be friends. Sorry, <laughs> Kevin. You've been this is like part of this game. You've been really locked in for a while. Okay, so I picked up another secret card. Anyone want to take this one? I'll take that one. Okay. And this card says, test ban. Your president declares a test ban on nuclear weapons and you forfeit one turn. Oh, Aww. your poor, poor people in Tortilla. Tortilla? Tortilla? Tortle. Tortle. Like, turtle, but not quite. Yeah. Well, <laughs> test, test, test bandia is what you are now. And the test ban treaty is actually in the news this, this past week. They are holding some hearings on it, um, whether or not the UN was going to put together a statement. Uh, whether the treaty should go into effect. So my B-70 bomber is still going? Still going. has two more rounds at least. Okay. I'll flip over a 20 megaton oh bomb that destroys 5 million. You can fly your, your bomber to another target if you want. For the record, Canada has not been targeted once. So. And she has a 50 megaton warhead on the board. We are a peace-loving people. The peace-loving, well-armed people. <laughs> Do You're I... like Alderaan. <laughs> He's no. loving. We don't even have weapons except for this one. Looking for love in Alderaan places. <laughs> oh. Actually, would, okay, wait. This brings up an important point. Alderaan would have been um, screwed anyway, right? Because they were targeted, if I remember correctly, by a laser that destroyed the entire planet. So no amount of nuclear deterrent on their surface would have helped. They need, they need their own Death Star. Yeah, or some type of shield or something else. But... Mm -hmm. Excuses. <laughs> I don't trust Canada. 
I still haven't attacked any. True. <laughs> Just pointing that out. Yet. Oh. Well, so neither have I, yet I'm damn near obliterated. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon my French. <laughs> so, Kate Mandia, with all of this information, you've decided to attack... Just... Just because I'm going to give uh, Kevin Dia a break with all the good food there. Nothing against the great country of moose and hockey oh, and, no. <laughs> and Here comes Justin Trudeau, but I'm going to launch toward Canada. Radioactive fallout kills another two million. Ooh, extra two billion. So that's seven? Seven. I'd just like to point out that actually would be most of Canada. <laughs> That's where the universal health care comes in handy. Well, for the two that are left, sure. Alright, so now it's Mordor's turn. MX Missile. After oh. I've already put down a 50 megaton, which means I get five turns mm. to target somebody. Mordor has been picked on on everybody. Not like you. Kevin, yeah. <laughs> never, never me. Not Kate Mandy. But I'm also wanting the peace to be restored soon. You. And, and I know Kevin's down Some. pretty low. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and I'm pointing at <laughs> you. Kevin India, sorry. I want peace to be restored. And you're the weakest one of the bunch, I think. So let's see how this goes. I'm, I'm very sorry this is happening. Uh, 26 million. The giant smoking crater <laughs> that was Kevindia has a large pile of body parts. Uh, so if anybody's looking for spare arms, legs... Um, doesn't mind the radioactivity. Doesn't mind the radioactivity. Don't forget to be an organ donor. Uh, all right, well, Kevin, because you were eliminated by a missile, you get to finally retaliate against whoever you want. Take your hand, like whatever the cards you have left, and form any number of combinations of warheads and delivery systems. I like this. <laughs> Kevin's the first one to, to unleash his beyond the grave wrath. Well, so what do you got? So Looks like I only have a total of 30 megatons left. But, you know, with fallout and what have you, I feel that's going to count for something. Um, Who are you going to take your... Uh, I think that should be pretty obvious. Oh, okay. uh, I feel like if peace... Is going to be formed by the death of a nation. <laughs> Peace will be so absolute. Mordor will fall with Kevin. So you can specify the targets of each warhead one at a time. Tim. You don't always have to do all of Tim them. Again. No, I mean, you can choose anyone you want. Tim, Tim, a thousand times. Tim. Okay, we'll uh, start with a, a nice light, earthy Polaris. Uh, ten megatons. Welcome to nuclear war. My uh, originally dealt hand was all delivery systems and warheads, and yet I specifically chose to not act upon those in a in an offensive manner. I I played warhead, warhead, warhead as my first hand, knowing that I could not actually do anything. Well, I I could have done something with the third one, you know, tossing in a delivery system, but my first three turns were essentially don't do anything and uh well that we saw how that worked out <laughs> it seemed to be a strategic error christina of, of, of the mount olympus what did you think so i did like the game i thought it was fun um i think in some ways it mimics i don't know i don't know like the real world whereas you know some countries have 4500 million people and a million warheads and other countries have 10 million people and no warheads so that in some ways is realistic however 
I do feel like the game would be more fun if like everyone got three warhead cards and two bomb cards. Like if everyone kind like of to had start like a, with it. Yeah, like if you start out a little bit more on even footing. Okay. Um, but and not. I mean, population is hard, but like I mean, some people had ten times the amount of people as other people, and that's like means that your kind of chances are winning less. But again, like I said, that sort of mimics like real life and. America is going to destroy everyone, except for maybe China. So, <laughs> All right. I just have to go from there. What do our neighbors to the north in Canada think? There are perhaps... I think I would agree with the assessment that you would need maybe slotted cards to even the playing field a little bit, but that sort of that's a strategic choice by the game maker, not right. to structure it that way. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I do think that... It literally is luck of the draw if you have any capability whatsoever. Yeah, you had a – this is the next round of like what are some of the, the fun or big moments that you remember. I remember uh, Canada had a great run of uh, interceptors. So peace has been restored now that uh, Kevin has been uh, eliminated from this game. I'm obliterated. Sorry. Obliterated. Obliterated. Damn. Damn. <laughs> I will haunt you, but I will also get you a drink if you need one. <laughs> but so now we can make a decision. Basically, any cards you have in your hand and your pile, you can make a decision if we want to go back to being peaceful. It's now Tortellini's turn. Are you uh, cheese or sausage melt? Uh, sausage. <laughs> no hesitation. <laughs> All right, so what do we got? It's a secret card. Your secretary of culture declares punk rock illegal. Angry rockers surround your capital and close off the government. You lose one turn. Oh, we should have put that up for us to steal, but now you just oh. go ahead and used it. Actually, I didn't because I would have stolen that. I was oh. thinking about it. So you lost your turn? Yep. All right, Kate, what we got? I have propaganda card. First propaganda card, I think, or at least one for a long time. Yeah. Five million enemy defect to your side. All right, who are you picking? I'm going to go with Canada again. <laughs> Five Those are fine people. They are. That's why I want them. You're lucky to have them. Okay. All right. So now it moves on to Olympus. So I am playing a Polaris card that carries up to 10 megatons. With nothing to blow up. Yep. And my attempt to be peaceful for the moment. Hmm. Canada. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to flip over a propaganda card. Oh, good. Peace is still kind of there. Five million enemy defects to your side. I'm going to pick Olympics. Oh, okay, so players out. 20 megatons have been Ooh. prepped. 20 megatons oh, wait, on the launch platform. Is there a delivery system behind it? I mean, TBD. <laughs> Canada, show us what you got. The peace-loving nation of Canada has another Minuteman missile. Oh, you're just parading them around for oh. us. <laughs> just so you know. So since the two Minuteman missiles have been played, uh, Minutemen, I guess, I, I get to interject. So the Minuteman series is a, uh, what we have our ICBMs today. It's just the names of the, this particular series. 1962, 65, and 1970 were the stages of them. Uh, right now, the Minuteman 4 is in process and uh, development. And uh, Canada seems to have a lot of them. All right, Olympus. So I'm drawing a card, and I'm flipping this one over, and I've had enough of peace. Oh, no. So um, everyone's been defecting, and it's time to blow some stuff up. So play so, the B-1 bomber. So the B-1 bomber can carry any combination of warheads up to 100 megatons. But since I only have 20 megatons on the thing, on my plate, I, that's why I play right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you just you, you play it now, and then you can put another one behind it. 
Who's your first? Um, Miss little Kate over here, who has been um, quietly sneaking in and stealing not only my subjects, but killing her uh, boyfriend. So let's do this. Launch. Bomb shelters saved two million. Boom. Okay. Oh, saved by the bomb shelters. So, so but since I was going to be five million, she three, three. million are dead, mm-hmm. right? Okay. okay. So, uh, okay. So three million, they three just couldn't get to a shelter in time. Could not do it. in the dead pile. All right, Canada. Canada anticipated that hostilities may begin. <laughs> oh! And is prepared to act accordingly. She, she <laughs> has just flipped over the 100 megaton card. Destroys 25 million. The card she has next is one that can carry at least something like that. All right, so now we or may... Or not. Now we may want to consider taking her out fast. <laughs> Up to you. I personally thought peace would last a little bit longer. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Mordor is the optimist. So it's my turn, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm flipping over a 50 megaton warhead. Canada, with your megatons, you're going down. I did not launch. <laughs> <laughs> throwing that out there. No appreciable radiation fallout. Single yield. Okay, no more fallout, but whatever it was. So 10 million. All right, Canada. You just got hit pretty hard. What are you going to do now? Retaliate. Oh, you were (laughs) fainting the whole time. You you were telling us that was nothing. Or maybe I sensed that I would be attacked and therefore prepared my strategy accordingly. Very well done. All right, so what are you going to pair with that 100 megaton warhead? The B-1 bomber. Ooh, which can carry up to 100 megatons. Oh, things are not looking good. I think that Canada has a new national motto, and it's turnabout is fair play. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm launching at Olympus. 25 million. Let's see what the... This little spinner thing. Oh, Canada. That's right. No appreciable radiation fallout. Single yield. Still have 3 million left, team. So, Oh, now we know. You shouldn't have told us that. Well, you know, I think my, my, my turns are numbered, if you will. <laughs> I finally get to play again. Yay! Kind of. And I am turning over a B-70 bomber. Ooh. Carries any combination of warheads up to 50 megatons. And on my last turn I actually got to play, I played a 50 megaton card. Okay, so that's a big one. So do you want to take out the one remaining player here, or do you want to go after... No, you could uh, restore we're, we're going to launch against Mordor. Oh. Oh. <laughs> one does not simply launch. <laughs> well, instead of flying eagles to drop the ring off, they could have flown a B-70 bomber, and that would have worked too. Lethal doses of radioactive gamma rays kills another 10 million. Wow, oh, radiation so gives another 20, 10. 20 million. 20 million. Do I have that? That was a big hit, Jennifer. That did not go so well. I feel like this is the Battle of uh, Helm Steep all over again, Jen. Uh, Don't your people come from mud? I think it'll be okay. It's a fine, it's like a muddy we get at the spa. <laughs> so I am playing, I'm launching a space platform. Oh, very cool. All right. If you want to learn more about the space platform stuff, uh, listen to our episode on, on Star Trek Assignment Earth, where they talk, we talk a lot about orbiting space platforms, because that was the thing that they dealt with in that episode. So take the dice and launch it. And if you get a skull, that's no good. But if you get a two to six, that successfully launches it. And four. she gets a four. So that means that it's been successfully launched. Pair it with up to seven of your warheads from your pile. 
Um, I only have three warheads, so there's only going to be three. So now that she has the space platform orbiting, we can only way we can knock it out is if one of us gets the killer satellite card. So we should hopefully look and look for that and use it immediately. All right, so Canada, what do you got? I have twenty megatons. Putting up a twenty megaton. Okay. All right, so I am now flipping over a fifty megaton card. So I can maybe use that in my next one. You have how many more left in your cap there? 20, 30. I have 20 more on my B-70 bomber. Okay. What do you have there? I'm going to flip over a 20. This happens to be 20. This happens to be 20. Uh, I think I'll launch at Olympus. Uh-oh. This could be the last of Olympus. Meaning it restores peace. Radioactive beta rays kill another 5 million. officially out however i got a, i got a few little mini bombs that i get to launch people so two million's going to canada ready set bomb not the person who just killed you oh just you wait <laughs> radioactive fallout kills another two million you can, i owe you four you owe the death pile four <laughs> we're here the one who put the final nail in my whole country's coffin <laughs> Seven. In the pile of death. Cross the river sticks. Seven million. You now know have no more lightning. You have no more beauty. It's all gone. Sad world. No gods. I didn't take you out. I'm just saying. So peace has been restored. Thanks for playing Olympus. Sorry you had to go out the way it did, but now it's Canada's turn. So peace has been restored. Canada would not be living up to its reputation if it did not immediately restore war. Oh. <laughs> the Atlas missile. With my uh, 20 megaton capability, and I will launch it at Mordor. That's no good. Radioactive beta rays kill another 5 million. Ouch. So war has already been started, which uh, Mordor, with its all-seeing eye, has already saw what's happening. So it didn't change its moves at all. In, in addition to my 50 megaton, which I placed before, I am going to place a B-70 bomber, which can carry any combination of warheads. And I'm just going to point that card towards my right. Mm -hmm. Right in the direction of Canada, and I will be launching my bomber with 50 megatons. No, you will not. Whoa, what's this? Oh, she played the anti-missile card, which can intercept a B-70 bomber. However, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> Are you working on that? What's Katmandu got going on? Top secret. Top secret card. Uh, it's a ghost. It says, without a trace. 25 million of the enemy's population mysteriously vaporized. Ooh, that's not good. That's a bad one. Let's go with Mordor! <laughs> 25 million? Yeah. Well, that's more than I have. Ew. Uh, so Mordor has been defeated. <laughs> the one ring has been destroyed. <laughs> to nuclear war. I think it, it's, this game is more about behavioral economics in mm -hmm. some ways than it is about nuclear policy. Yeah, you're, you're, you're playing, it's like man, management of your cards, luck of the draw, and then playing the people too. Like a yeah. solid dose of collective action problems. Oh, and yeah. some prisoner's dilemma too. Oh, so. for sure. Mm -hmm. Anyone else have any big moments that they remember too? This is for me, like 
this once the super virus got played, yeah. not only that last one at the end, but any of them, up to six million that get killed, but more every single time over and over again. Really, like a thousand paper cuts of super virus. You don't want a thousand paper cuts and then a virus put on top of that. And now there were three. Peace has been restored. I have a propaganda card. 25 million of the enemy's whoa. population declare allegiance to your country. That's a big one. That must have been yep. a really good propaganda campaign. Yeah, yep. What, what was that? What would you do for that? Was that an ad? Uh, was it, um... it was just leaflets. Just leaflets? Yeah. Those are good leaflets. They were really convincing leaflets. <laughs> they threatened more paper cuts uh, in the future if it didn't work. All right, so who are you going to take 25 from? Um, from Kate Mandu. Oh, I have a 25. There you go. I've got a secret card. My enemy's germ warfare experiments have mutated into an unstoppable virus. The enemy loses one to six million people. So you roll the dice on that one. This top secret super virus card. So who are you going to give this to? I'm giving this to Tortle. <laughs> oh, poor Tortle. All right, so now roll the dice and see how many people get destroyed. Five. Another secret card. An athletic superstar defects from the enemy's country to yours. Two million fans follow suit. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Tortle, I would like two million of your... I am feeling picked on. <laughs> so Jennifer is a subject matter expert in the Olympic gymnastics team. <laughs> Does the defection of an athletic superstar remind you of anything? So in 1976, the Olympic gymnast Nadia Comaneci won the first Perfect Tens. And she was coached by the famous Bella Caroli and his wife, Marta Caroli. All three of the above later defected to the United States. And Bella and Marta coached the women's Olympics gymnastics team in the U.S. to its first gold medal, team gold medal in the team all around in 1996. So how, does it, how, do you, how does it feel having all that information used against you <laughs> in the game and having your people defect well, over to Canada? I, I would rather have my people. <laughs> Too bad. And all those future gymnastics goals that you just lost. Are, we pass the super virus card around, Yep, right? so on your next turn you pass it to somebody, you point to them, and then you just have to roll the dice. Okay, it is going this, in this direction over to Kate Mandu. Okay. Five. Five. Five million. Five million die. Keeps getting passed around until someone's got the super serum card. All right, flipping over Polaris. And I'm going to fire at Canada. Nope. Nope. Oh, sorry. Your, your Polaris missile fell in the water. Fell down. Canada with all of the anti-missile cards. We, we believe that a, the best offense is a good defense. <laughs> <laughs> Now our war has turned all of a sudden into a space battle mm -hmm. with two space platforms up there. You said four? Four heads. So Jennifer's got three. Kate's got four. Mm -hmm. uh, Jennifer's turn. Sewer still with the super virus card? The super virus is going to Canada. Not again. Or on the dice, what do we got? Mm. Five. Been defeated. No more. It was the super virus that did us in. <laughs> Welcome to nuclear war. I, don't, uh, I didn't expect a $25 million mystery biological vaporization. Yeah, oops. Yeah. <laughs> that was, a, that was I mean, 
that's more than a nuke. So maybe, I don't know if there's a hidden message there about the danger mm-hmm. of proliferating into other types of weapons. Yeah, so anybody, any other moments people remember that kind of stand out? I was really glad when I drew that 25 million person super virus card. I was really excited to get that. <laughs> yeah, that um, worked out nicely for me. All right, so now with Jennifer, it's your turn again. This is a secret card. Super germ. The result of a blunder in your enemy's germ warfare experiments destroys 25 million of his own people. <gasps> 25 million? Oh, dear. Do you have to have 20? you have 25? You? Oh, that's it. <laughs> Defeated with a super germ. Yeah, 15 million. A common cold, just like the the aliens in War of the Worlds, defeated by a virus. So you get your final retaliation. Yeah. But here's the moment. Final retaliation, and you can use your space platform. Will there be a winner? Will humanity survive? Kate, you can decide not to if if you're not feeling vengeful, but I think you probably should. Yeah. All right, so you can launch any combination that you have. Let's see, Jennifer, how many population do you have left? I have four million people. Left. Four million. Oh, this is close. Okay. So, so first, you just basically you're pointing at Jennifer. Hit the launch button. Okay. First one pointed at Tortellini. <laughs> is four. Hope for a dud. Lucky you. Dud warhead. No effect. Dud warhead. <laughs> that is. It didn't happen all game, and it happened twice in a row. Yeah. All right, so you're still surviving. How many yen? You have four million four left. Four million. What's, what's that one, 20? 20, so it's can... five, yeah. Okay, well, if this works. Ready? Pushing the button. Tortle. Radioactive beta rays kill another five million. Ooh, <laughs> nine no million have been winner. defeated. That is more than you have. There is no winner. Everyone is destroyed. Welcome to nuclear war. Because everyone decided to be so vengeful in this game, their final retaliation destroyed uh, Tor- Tortellini and uh, Cape Mandu, Cavinia, uh, Kev- Olympus, Canada, and Wardor were all defeated in this world. Uh, the only thing left are the cockroaches. And the Twinkies. Don't forget the Twinkies. And the Twinkies. It's like war games. The only winning move is not to play. Well, we tried to play and it didn't work out. But um, one of the things that I found was interesting was the fact that the, this is just from the nerd perspective of this, is the fact the cards, all the delivery systems between the 1965 pack and the 85 pack changed because some of these things like the Saturn missile never had a nuclear mission or those bombers got decommissioned and other things came up. So I thought that was pretty interesting, not only in terms of the, having to update the cards, but also like what which ones they decided to use, how they decided to say that this weapon could be larger capacity and was merved, but other merved ones like the Polaris aren't. Yeah, it's just like a strategic game decision. I also like the dark humor of this game. I don't know if everyone else thinks about this, but like the idea of population as your score. And it's not people. This isn't like yourself and your family and all that. It's just population in terms of raw numbers. Exactly what Dr. Strangelove would calculate when planning out, oh, well, we lose 10, but if we do this, we'll only lose eight. I think we win that one. So all that, I think, is interesting calculations there. So I don't know if anyone else has any kind of thoughts on the dark humor of the game. I know we all kind of play uh, Cards Against Humanity, so maybe we're all desensitized to this. <laughs> I, I mean, it is, frankly, it's a little bit of troubling to think about too hard because you are literally, I mean, population as your score is a fairly 
disturbing concept, but that's sort of the design of the game. Mm -hmm. I, I will say one thing I did notice missing was any nuclear submarine capability, which I think is one of the larger... I wonder if that's in one of the expansion packs. Probably. They had missiles like the Polaris that are... Uh, submarine launch, but there was no submarine. That would be kind of a fun one to do. You have your submarine and you, you can play the card, but maybe no one knows you played the card for a while. I wonder if that's in one of the expansion packs. I'll have to wait that for... Be fun. I'll have to wait to see in my Christmas stocking if I get one of those <laughs> this year. Um, You've got a very interesting stocking, Tim. Yeah, I have a weird wish list on Amazon. The last question I have is, did this game make you feel anything about nuclear weapons? For example, either that, you know, they're horrible and they'll result in global destruction, or... They're awesome tools for defense and security and deterrence. They protected your country. Or, eh, it's just a game. Like, did this move you, move the needle on any of these things as people that maybe not think about this stuff on a day-to-day -day basis? The warheads, they do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I always think that nuclear anything in terms of weapons, it's like, um, I don't want to think about it too much. Uh -huh. Because there's a lot of mutually assured destruction in the world right now with the level of uh, nuclear weapons that different countries have. So, I don't think... I mean, in general, I just don't want to think about it too much, so I don't think the game really changed that very much. Okay, rather laugh about it if you have to think about it? Pretty much, because, I mean, once nuclear war happens, we're all dead, so... <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. I would also agree with the game maker's sort of assessment that you have to laugh, because otherwise you'll cry. Mm -hmm. I think that's a fairly, I mean, I'm, you know, I don't stay awake at night thinking about this, but mostly because I have to live my life, not because sure. I'm not fully aware that essentially a few buttons later we could really wipe out the entire planet. Which is, I'm happy about, for my office has a door so I can close the door and cry when I think about these things. A few times I was thinking about how quickly I had a couple of pretty big population cards for a long time. And then once I started dropping them, it really went down fast. Yeah, it, you, I, had, I thought I had 225 million people cards and then those went by real fast. You know, I, I can't help but wonder if this game were made 20 years earlier or 20 years later. I mean... From today? from when it was, okay. actually. Um, so, I mean, we have the expansion from 20 years later, so I guess we have that impression. Well, it'd be a big surprise if this game came out in 1945. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, nuclear weapons existed. It could be, uh, yeah. Oh, would nuclear perhaps. weapons exist? Here's the board game immediately. <laughs> I, I feel like then it wouldn't have been nuclear war. It probably would have been more propaganda war. Sure, merchandising. Everybody, everything's merchandising these days. Right. Oh, that was one thing that actually bought, well, not to get too technical, because it is, after all, just a game, but... I actually found it sort of silly that during a war there was no propaganda mm -hmm. because okay. if you think about it, if you look at history, during a war propaganda is enhanced or heightened such that it actually becomes the official policy of countries that may not actually engage in propaganda as uh, you know as much as they would other times. So that's really true. That's interesting. I mean, I I, the, I fully appreciate that this is a game and that's the design and that's the way they have to make the rules because that's how they want it to go, but. I actually think that propaganda during war, they could have made, played with that a little bit maybe somehow. I guess maybe that's the role yeah. of the secret cards. Because there yeah. was some secret, like when Jennifer dropped the uh, gymnastics knowledge on all of us, um, <laughs> that was a secret card that was done because a, a key athlete defected to another country and brought over their fans with them. So, But you're right, in terms of the regular propaganda cards, you can't really use them. Maybe what? there's another way they could have done it special differently. Yeah, or like make you double on propaganda cards during war or some other kind of, you know, metaphor for what actually happens mm -hmm. with propaganda during a war. That's an interesting point. You know, with, with hindsight, uh, I think this could also add to house rules. Mm -hmm. Nobody says that we have to stick by it. I mean, 
the last thing I'll, we normally do for these uh, when we do movies or TV is we give our guests an ability to rate the content that we just consumed today. But we like to change the scale every time. So for today, what would you give this uh, a, a game out of a rating of one to six sided dies? For example, one-sided dice is terrible. It's frustrating. You can't even do anything with it. It's just confusing. You didn't enjoy it. You won't use it again. But a six-sided dice means you're in business and you're excited to play again. So let's go around the clock here. Jennifer, how would you rate this out of six-sided dies? Um, I, I think it has five. I think we discussed before we started playing the game that a five-sided die probably doesn't work. It can't be a perfect shape, so it has to be weighted. And I think that that is how this game is. It, it, it's a fun game, and we had a good time playing it, but I think there are definitely some rules that needed to change, and they need to weight some things differently, and I think that would make it a better game. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I'd give it a five. Um, some other games that we've played, both like outdoor lawn games and board games, you kind of get into the middle of it and then start to weight things more so that people can die faster, people can win faster. Yeah, this took a while. Which, I don't know if it's if it's usually like that, but um, that's why I was wishing for some of those 50 megaton things, which uh, wasn't a virus, it was the, or super germ or something mm -hmm. that took out like 25 million of my people at once. They should, you can make some new cards. Maybe it might have been because we played with the expansion pack, so many more yeah. smaller cards. Yeah. So I would, if I were to play this again, I would get rid of some of the smaller cards, um, some of those ten megatons, take them out. Mm -hmm. Kevin, what do you think? Well, <laughs> I wasn't in this game very long, <laughs> so uh, I guess maybe uh, I would definitely get a, give it another chance. I'd call it the the, the mysterious and non-existent four and a half <laughs> die uh, situation here. Ultimately, I feel like it's, it's, it's lovely company to join your friends in playing these games. However, there are certain biases in who to target. Uh, you know, I, I feel Those like... disappeared later. That, oh, well, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Well, just like in, in terms of nuclear war, the United States had plans a while ago in the 60s of how, in case the UK decided to turn on us, we had plans set up to what targets we would use to nuke against them. You know, you have plans against all your friends, including your spouses. Uh, I, guess, I guess that's part of it. You know, you have to plan for the worst case scenario because you never know what the future is going to hold. True. Significant others would certainly feel more likely to uh, take their frustrations out on you rather than uh, a lie yes <laughs> so there's that but totally playable totally replayable sure christina what do you think i think i'm gonna give it three die it's kind of similar to the five die it weighted funny um but more but more so because of the weighting of how your initial hand or the cards that you draw mm -hmm. can really shape you. Because, I mean, at one point I had five delivery systems and basically no bombs. And so there was not much I could do with it. But, again, that's kind of the dark of the hand. I mean, as someone said earlier that this is how like they designed the game, and I think there's some fact to that. But I'm going with three. I, if I could make one change to the game, I would have two cards down instead of three because I think that you commit yourself to essentially three terms under the same mm -hmm. strategy going around. You could basically, by choosing peace, obliterate yourself on the first on the first round. A la Kevin. Yes. <laughs> uh, through no fault of his own. So I would probably shrink it to two. And because of that, I would also give it a, I would also give it a three. Okay. I would give it a five. Uh, because I, I enjoyed it. I think it's really, it's one of those games that has a lot of rules. 
and takes a long time to, 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 to discover how to play. So I think the next time if we were to play this again, uh, if I can ever convince people to come over here, because it's three couples survived this, I think. I don't know if we'd survive another round of, mm. of global thermonuclear war. But it's one of those games that benefits from once you play it, and you learn the rules, and then you can get some strategy as you go through. You get a little more cynical. And a little more cynical. Really ultimately, it's every man for him or herself. Yep. Uh, but I, I still enjoy it. I, en I enjoy games like this, because they... Their dark humor, um, they really make me, at least, think about some of these issues, and I'm glad that they exist uh, pop culture-wise. So very much, guys, I appreciate uh, coming along. Um, if you, if people who are listening want to read more instead of just playing the game, I'll post some links in the show notes to some articles about the game's history. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Super Critical Podcast. If you have any suggestions for future episodes or want to tell us what we got wrong, there are a couple ways you can contact the show. You can go to our Facebook page. We're also on Twitter, at Nuclear Podcast, and email, supercriticalpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the program, again, please, uh, we'd, we'd love it if you would consider going on iTunes and dropping a review and uh, letting us know what you thought about the show. It really helps to grow the audience. Uh, so until next time, this has been Tim Westmeyer. And Jen. And Kate. And Kevin. Christina. And Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, guys, for coming along. Now let's play some other games that aren't uh, so dark. And remember, if it's pop culture and radioactive, we are bound to get super critical about it. Have a good one.